0: You do it all, mamacita. Con ganas and with style. That's why Infinity fully reimagined the QX60 to help you conquer it all with ease. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish, versatile, and serene. Available features like seating for up to seven passengers, a suite of active safety features, and massaging front seats. The all-new Infinity QX60, designed to help you conquer life con ganas. Now with extremely limited availability. Contact your local retailer for inventory information. Hey, mamacita. Welcome to the Mamas con ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey, mama. Y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izarra. On this episode of the Mamas con Ganas podcast, I have a very special guest, Hilsa Fort-Martinez. Hilsa Fort-Martinez is a licensed family therapist with over 25 years of experience in the areas of improving interpersonal relationships, conflict resolution, and women's life transitions. She's also the founder and CEO of Resolution Counseling Center. Welcome, Hilsa, on the Mamas con Ganas podcast.
1: Thank you so much. This is a a great honor to be able to chat with you this morning.
0: Before we enter the meat of our podcast episode, um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got started into family therapy.
1: Uh, well, I am Cuban American, like uh, uh, a lot of us. A child of political refugees, but really grew up here in in uh, in the states, in Miami mostly. And I came into therapy kind of a, a, a backdoor approach. My father was an attorney and had. Um, loved being an attorney, loved helping people really believed in the word of the law. And so I was supposed to be an attorney. (laughs) And I tried, I I really tried to be an attorney, like a good, you know, um, eldest Cuban daughter, I really tried to do what I was told. But by the third year in college, I realized that I wanted to help people in a different way. And that psychology and really the understanding of human behavior is what called me. And then really working with families with with couples, which is kind of the beginning of of the um, family triangle, so to speak, and really realize that a lot of us as women, right, we end up being we are often the backbones of those families. We are what supports and kind of uh, keeps things um, going, and so really it drew me to wanting to work with couples and particularly women as we go through the transitions that life throws at us all the time here I am 25 years later
0: (laughs) 25 years later that's amazing that's a a career uh, definitely Um, how did you get specifically Mm -hmm. like specialized in helping women overcoming loss and, and like the transitions. And speak to us a little bit about what that means. What does that mean, life's transitions, those moments where people are in a transition in life? You
1: no, know, we have transitions from the beginning of, you know, there's a, a beginning, a middle, and then end to the life cycle. And going from one stage to the other, from childhood to adolescence and then into um, adulthood, I became really interested particularly in the 20s and 30s for for families in general, but again, I I I have looked towards women in the sense of the various things that we were culturally expected to do, as well as that we um, have done, and and kind of trying to in, in Miami trying to uh, deal with the both sides of the cultures, right? Many of us as Latinas uh, trying to also work with maintaining our heritage, as well as living within American society. So, the, the transitions are as we're moving from one part of our life to the other, whether it's going uh, into college or whether it's uh, dating or whether it's marriage and certainly the transition into having children um, or the decision not to have children, you know, all of those are the different What I call transitions, the shifts that we have to go to and do do we go through them kind of, you know, uh, gracefully, uh, peacefully or, you know, do we go in there kind of uh, uh, scratching and um, uh, fearful or uh, hesitant? So I've really wanted to work with women, particularly in the idea of what happens when, you know, life throws a curveball at you you know, and that's kind of what I call loss. We all have loss, whether it's death or a divorce or some kind of change in status. Um, But there's a loss even in going like, okay, so I graduated um, high school. Do I go to college or do I go to work? Do I get married? Do I have children? All of those decisions um, that we make or sometimes we don't make there's a potential of, of loss in there. So it's really about how do we, um, how do we navigate those decisions? And so I really talk with with women about what are your losses? What are your wins? To to kind of balance some of those and, and to try to be able to help a um, that forward, that in, embracing, you know, I, I talk with my, with my clients a lot about really embracing the uncertainty, right? Cause each change is going to have a win and a loss. And it's going to be, for me, it's about trying to find some semblance of balance, even though balance is never static, right? It's a little dynamic. So,
0: yes, it's, it's like you said, uncertainty, embracing that certainty. Um, and I think it depends on us you know to either embrace it or to really resist it and sometimes the resisting of it can be more detrimental because it's almost like we're not wanting to accept the the the, the space and the moment that we're at so these curveballs that life throws us how how do you help women embrace them
1: and and actually deal with them i always talk with them that a key piece to Dealing with or um, really stepping into whatever that loss is, like we said, if it's, it's, if it's the death of someone, if it's um, the uh, change in status, if it's their move, the emptiness, whatever loss is happening. Then first and foremost, that we acknowledge it, that we know that there's a whole bunch of different feelings that happen and that as human beings, they happen simultaneously. It's not like we're mad first and then we're sad and then we're, you know, all of these things are a big jumbled mess of things that happen. And to recognize that that's that's part of the, the journey at the beginning. Loss is about grief, okay? It's about the process of grieving, right? So I talk a lot with people about patience and kindness with themselves, about acknowledging, you know, those feelings And then, you know, it's about resting. So many people in in American society will tell us that, you know, resting seems to equal lazy or unproductive. And for me, resting is a critical piece of managing uh, the loss and the the grief, you know, all of the different feelings that come with grief. So I, I start with those. Can I just help you to kind of... Turn inward and and kind of be okay with what's happening um, inside, because that's really, you know, rest is how we restore and we need to have a little bit of re-energy in order to be able to get back up and kind of deal with what's happening, you know, on the outside of us.
0: Yes, we live in a society where I think even we expect ourselves to recoup like immediately and sometimes we need, like you said, time. And, and rest and just to be able to hear that like, from for certain people is wow it's very um refreshing because like you said sometimes that you know we live in a society where it's go 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 and we don't allow ourselves to even process the emotions because it's almost like we need to have like turn the page next but maybe you know we, we in, in our head we want to turn the page but maybe in here we're not ready in our hearts to turn the page
1: yet Exactly.
0: Um, I can imagine um, that, you know, this process is not something that happens overnight, right? Correct. How, right. you know, what is the, um, you know, what do you, what do you tell um, your, you know, when your your the women that come in to seek your help in terms of like the time allowed for them to heal and process um, and, what that looks like because maybe sometimes they could have an unrealistic expectation of how fast they're supposed to heal
1: very often we have an unrealistic expectation yes um and and again it's it's cultural in many ways many times it's it's also pragmatic right if you are um, if you suddenly become a single mom in in whatever way that happens you know you may really truly feel that you don't have a lot of time to, to do this. And yet for me, it isn't only time because I, I certainly have known women who have been, let's say, widowed or divorced or some other kind of loss for 20 years. And they are as angry or lost or bitter as they were on the first day. So it isn't just time, as we say, right? In Spanish, it isn't just tiempo al tiempo, right? It is also about allowing yourself to to do the work that goes along with grieving. So you rest, and then I talk with them about reflection. There there needs to be some time here that you intentionally set aside to kind of draw the lessons learned here. Whatever the loss is, the curveball that life has hit you with, that you take the, the time to really reflect, okay, how did this happen? How did I get where I am? What are the things that I'm going to draw for from this? Because otherwise, we tend to do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, as they say, right? So rest, and then there's reflection. And to me, those two pieces go into the formula of how we reset. What's the time frame for that? I love it when people say to me well how much how much time am I supposed to do this am I am I like done in a month is this (laughs) like three month thing and you know the beauty of being a human being is that we get to be unique you know and the beauty of being a human being in the U.S. right is that we get to kind of go forward and take three steps back and change our minds like we do have the time. It's about creating how you want to use that time to to, to heal. Yeah, I, lo- I love
0: that you said reflect because yeah. you're right. You know, there's some people 20 years after the experience of what they've yeah. gone through that are still feeling as resentful and as bitter and as angry or as, um, mm. as sad as if it had mm-hmm. just happened the day before. And having gone through... Um, a very painful divorce myself 13, about 13 years ago. Um, I think literally what saved me was the work that you said, the reflection, uh, the journaling, the mm-hmm. and the desire to um, th- to get better. Like I, you know, I wanted to, and I sought help. Mm-hmm. Thank God, because I feel like people like you are so important um, because they help us be able to navigate these life's challenges that can sometimes mm-hmm. feel completely. Um, how do I say, devastating, you know, devastating. devastating. Yes. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, depending on what you've gone through in life, um, that's why I always say you can't really judge people's experience because someone's mm-hmm. experience of a divorce might be just as, you know, let's say difficult or devastating for them as the loss of another person's job. I mean, you can't really like compare people's lives because we all have different experiences and we all have our hardships and
1: You know, Mm -hmm. our moments that we think we're we're not going to be able to get, get through. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we have rituals for things like death. You know, we have funerals or wakes or or things like that. But for other kinds of losses, um, certainly like a divorce or uh, a change in status, let's say retirement um, or when children, you know, go off the empty nest, as they call it. You know, there really isn't... um, Rituals or or ways of of um, transitioning or bridging those those types of losses right uh, like you said, when you uh got divorced, I'm sure you heard from plenty of people you're going to be fine uh there's plenty of fish in the sea you're going to it's not a big deal let's just move your day along I'm sure because we all hear that right. Uh, Human beings are uncomfortable, don't, don't really know how to handle that kind of loss. And so they will say certain things that make these implications. And so we're left with, okay, so what am I supposed to do with this loss? And what is the right way to do this? And in that whole confusion already mixed in with the grieving that you're dealing with, like you said, it could be a very devastating, um, confusing a time for many of us. Yes, because like you said, the person going through it might be feeling like even,
0: like they're going through their grief, like you said, and at the same time, they're feeling like they're being judged because they haven't yet moved on from that loss, you know? And now a word from our sponsor. Hola, mamacitas. Have you heard about the hottest new arrival at Alta Beauty? Fenty Beauty by Rihanna is now at Alta Beauty. Learn how to achieve the now-coveted Fenty face and this game-changing glow, just like Rihanna, with the following three easy steps. First, start with light as air foundation for skin that looks like skin all day, with Fenty's Ease Drop Blurring Skin Tint. Light to medium coverage, hydrating, soft blurred finish. Second, set it off with just the right contour plus highlight, with Fenty's Kilowatt Freestyle Highlighter Duo. Cream to powder, show-stopping shimmer. Third, protect your glow from shine any place, any time with Fenty's Invisimat Blotting Powder. Absorbs shine and diffuses the look of pores. So what are you waiting for? Shop now. Fenty Beauty by Rihanna at Ulta Beauty. And since you brought up the, the, the topic of losing a, lov- a loved one, Because I think also even in today's day and age, you know, when somebody works for corporate, it's kind of like they lose someone, they go to the funeral and then they're expected like a week later. And then it's almost like I've heard from people like, wow, I I feel like I can't even process process Mm -hmm. the loss or talk about it because Mm -hmm. it's sort of deemed inappropriate Mm-hmm. And they're still experiencing it. It's not just the funeral where they experience it. They're experiencing right. it for a long time, you know, particularly if you have somebody very, very close to them or mm-hmm. a child or a parent where they still feel that they can't get over it, but at the same time, they feel like they, they have to stop talking about it right? in, right. in, in society. Um, and what can we do as like a friend of somebody who's actually experiencing that to... Um, Help our friend um, navigate that kind of a loss, like the do- the loss of a of a loved one. When somebody experiences the loss of someone, it's sometimes hard on the other side to even know what to say to that person.
1: Right, and I think that a lot of that comes from our own fear, not only of of death itself, but of what I hear a lot is, well, you know, like I don't want to upset her, you know, like I don't want to bring it up and then upset her. And I have to tell you that if you asked me for just one thing that you could do to help somebody or to support somebody in a time of loss, I would say to you to ask, to ask them about their feelings. you be okay with hearing. I mean, only ask the questions that you really want the answers to, right? But I would say to you, if you wanted to know one thing, most people do want to be asked how are you how are you feeling truly though right not the the one that we usually do in society right hey how's it going and we say oh fine fine we're good that's at a very superficial level right i'm i'm saying to you ask how they're feeling acknowledge the feelings and then maybe just sit quietly with them it isn't it isn't your job my job to solve this for them people have to navigate this path of like i said all of the various different feelings that happen in grief and we tend to go back between mad and sad and all of the ramifications so ask sit quietly with them and then listen right because there's a there's a type of listening that has to do with understanding and intention and there's hearing, right? We hear the words, but we kind of listen a, a little bit deeper, kind of with the heart, with the soul, with the experience. So that's really.
0: I mean, I, I know that when I was going through my experience, like having somebody like you helping me navigate through it was mm-hmm. important for, specifically because of what you said. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I felt like I had talked about it so much with the people around me that they were sick of <laughs> hearing exactly. about it. Yes. And so I needed somebody... That I could still be able to grieve with and cry in front of, where I felt like, okay, I'm allowed to do this in this environment, and it's a safe and safe environment. Um, but then a question for you: like how do you then, from that you know from that standpoint of being like a listener, like a really good listener, and helping somebody kind of allow them to verbalize their emotions, how do you switch from there? to then make that transition of let's say empowerment because sometimes people can get stuck like we just said 20 Mm -hmm. years later they're still talking about the same thing and they're running in their mind with like the you know the the el el, el disco rayado how we say where it's that same broken record in their head because sometimes after uh, experiences that are difficult people can interpret it in two different ways people can actually like you said learn from it and and grow from it and then then there's the other way where people get stuck in it how you, how do you then find that navigation of, of getting to the other side where that person is taking uh, more a little bit more let's say control of their thought patterns and of their of their interpretation of the situation that happened to them
1: and you know that's a really good question because this is we feel like this should be a a very linear process, right, where we go through uh, one feeling to the next to the next, and then boom, we're done. And um, but but grieving isn't like that, you know. And overcoming loss is is more of a circular thing. So part of of helping people get unstuck is to keep movement happening keep it to be a dynamic so you're 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 allowing for the feelings you're allowing for the sharing of those feelings then you might sit quietly with them while while they do that then there is your you're right a part where you want to encourage kind of like at the beginning, it almost feels artificial, right? But seeing what it would look like if you actually were on the other side of the bridge, so to speak, right? And to start to uh, do that, we use tools. You mentioned journaling before, so there's there's I talk a lot about journaling. I talk a lot about uh, mindfulness with my with my clients, just being very present. Um, I like to be outside to do some of these things really, you know, good old fashioned, you know, sunshine and fresh air, you know, to really just ground us, you know. So I, I talk with people about, you know, kind of three steps forward and two back. I just encourage movement, even if one day, you know, some days in grieving, we're tired and we just want to kind of like sit in the middle of the road so to speak, and not do anything. That's okay, too. You know, how do we get ourselves up and moving? So I talk a lot about tools and, and the lessons and the actual physical movement. Okay, so today, you know, Maria, I want you to go and sit outside and be under a tree. And just sit there for me for five minutes, put it on your watch. And tell me what that was like for you. So very grounded kinds of things to really help people kind of come back into their, into their, into their bodies to be kind of, you know, dramatic because we do feel when we are at a loss that we don't know where we are and, and how we're moving. So it's a, it's a process and it's a very circular one. And sometimes it's just about telling people that.
0: And I think that's a great thing to remind people of as well, because sometimes we can get caught up in the idea. Like you said, that everything is just linear and that if we're not taking one step forward, another step forward, another step forward next that like Mm -hmm. nothing's working. But in reality, like you said, a lot of this process is you take three steps forward and then two steps back. And that doesn't mean you're not progressing little by little. It just means that, like you said, it's a, it's something that's circular and Mm -hmm. that some days are better than others. And Mm -hmm. I I always say, I think it's always about like getting back up again. Like, you know, you fall down, you might get back up again. And the next time you get up, you might be able to run a little bit further and then you fall down again. And then you get up and you get, you know, little by little, we we, we feel stronger. We feel more, um, we heal ourselves because, yes, the healing process is definitely not linear.
1: It's not. And I just always try to remind people, listen, feelings are temporary whatever feels completely devastating and o- overwhelming at the moment, it will pass. How it passes is something that we can work on. How it passes so that it moves, um, as you were saying, more into a space of healing versus a space of resentment or, or being stuck, um, that's, that, that would be the work of overcoming loss. It isn't just time, it is, you know, we have to do a little work and assist in that process in addition to actual time passing. Yes, yeah, so that's the whole reflection part. I
0: think that's, uh, you know, like you said, and I think that's the most important part because if the work is not done there to right. reflect, and I, it, it, particularly what you said before, where you said, when you look at, you know, what was your, what was your part of this and what you, were your like implications and your... Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's that's the hardest things to go through is to actually see like where we were responsible in, mm-hmm. in everything that happened. And into, to take ownership mm-hmm. and responsibility for some things because if we don't, it's impossible to learn from these really difficult experiences. But okay. once we're able to take ownership of our own mistakes, of the things that maybe we could um, change for ourselves in the future, then it's it's almost becomes a uh, an experience that that helped you grow and become stronger and that Absolutely. equips you for your future and i think that's why these experiences sometimes are people and I I included will say like I would not trade anything for that hardship that I went through because mm-hmm. it made me a more resilient person and even a more, interestingly enough, a more optimistic person because mm-hmm. what it taught me in the end was to feel more empowered because I learned all the tools that you're talking mm-hmm. about and, and and and, you know, be able to be honest with oneself because I feel that a lot of times we want to mask certain things from our experience and, and shelter ourselves and that sheltering is not as helpful sometimes as that tough love is.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, my clients will definitely tell you that that um, is my, uh, is my style, the tough love. I'm, I'm going to encourage you to, 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 be okay with your feelings, to look at all of them, to be kind to yourself. And then at a certain point, I'm going to start, you know, giving you a few little nudges and the <laughs> nudges might move to a few little kicks, you know, things like that, because we can't get stuck, but we do have to take whatever the time is, whatever the time in in minutes and hours and days, whatever that is for you with movement. I'm just going to encourage you to keep moving. Grief can be heavy. Loss can be overwhelming. And with some movement, you can learn how to, as I say, duck and dodge. And you can, you know, keep that process going. And and I promise you, most of the time we know when we're done. Most of the time, if you think back to your own experience, right, you knew when you were kind of coming out of that, oh, yeah. you could see the light, you could be at the end of the tunnel, whatever cliche we want to use. But you knew when you were coming out of that, like you said, the resiliency helped you to, to kind of like rise. And we know when that is.
0: Yes. There's a moment where you wake up and you're like, wow, I this, this experience has actually been, um, I say, even a blessing sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> my, my clients do not like, but usually one of the first things I, I tell them at the, at the beginning of whatever their loss is, is that at one point, we're going to talk about this and we're going to be able to say this was a gift. And usually the first time I say that, everybody is horrified. How can you tell me that? Uh, This is horrible. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. I agree. It is. It is the worst thing that has happened to you up to this point in your life. Probably. Yes. And at some point, you and I, if we do the work well together, mostly you, but if we do it well together, you will see this as a gift. And I will help you to figure out what were all the things that were hidden in that little gift box that you didn't even realize
0: yes oh my gosh I remember I remember my sister told me what something once she said Mm -hmm. you know Valentina a door has closed and there's so many doors that are in front of you that you can open and I remember being so angry at her Mm -hmm. for telling me this I'm like how dare you you have no idea what I'm going through. because I think that's what it is we resist um and and I truly believe that everything happens for a reason if we interpret it Of course, we're not ready to interpret it like that right away. Like you said, that's where all the work and all of, you know, uh, all of your help comes in Mm -hmm. for people to be able to navigate through this. But I think once it's, if it's done, uh, if it's done well and it's done with Mm -hmm. care and with ganas or the desire Mm -hmm. to learn something from it, then yes, then anything could be, uh, anything could be a blessing.
1: That's what I, I really liked very much about your, um, podcast and what feels very inspiring to me is the that concept of con ganas as we say in Spanish because I can help people have skills I can teach them how to communicate how to grieve how to fight fair if it's a couple I can help people create these skill sets the only thing I can't do is give you willingness ganas yeah. And so that's key. Right. Do you do you want to see yourself at the other side of this, you know, transition? I, I know you don't see it now, but do you want to? Because if you want to, then we'll get there. Yes willingness yes everything ganas. starts with a desire,
0: the desire the ganas the willingness like I love it yes yes i never heard that translation i always heard I've it was like either drive or like ganas as in drive but I love it. it's like it's actually that's what it is
1: it's willingness, willingness. right that willingness that, that <clears throat> wanting to, that yes that desire and you don't start there when you've had a loss you don't start with desire you start with grief Yes. And and that's okay. That's that's where we're supposed to be. And with that, and as you said, with the work, you get to the place where the willingness kicks in, you know, and, and you'll know when it does, as you said, you wake up one day and you say, all right, okay, what do I got to do? And most of us are able to. How much time that takes? I don't know. Yes but, but you can. And, and I'm so glad to hear that, that, you know, when you struggled with your, your situation 13 years ago, that you were willing to go and get some guidance, get some professional guidance. So many of us, especially as Latinas will not do this counseling therapy thing. Yes, you're right. It's, it's, it's also part of our culture to almost, I don't know if it's,
0: if it's linked to that, what will they say? Like, you know, like if somebody finds out that I need help, then I'm Correct. less than, I don't know if that's part of, of where it comes from in our culture or that, mm-hmm. that sense of like, no, I have to, I have to have everything figured out for myself. And I, right. I don't need help with those type of personal, uh,
1: private things. Correct. Personal, private, the stigma of well, if you're seeing a therapist, well, my lord, you know we got a little crazy there. We got a little, <laughs> you know, locura. Uh, we can't cope. All of the different stigma. Yes. So I'm really glad to hear that you yourself has experienced the process and and felt that it, it it benefited you, that it helped you to really make that transition. That's what keeps me after almost 30 years practicing. Valentina, to really be, still really love what I do. When I watch somebody start here in that darkness and really walk that, you know, proverbial bridge and then they figure out where their sunlight is or what type of light they are going to do, that to me is still absolutely magnificent.
0: Oh, that gives you goosebumps. It must be amazing. Yeah. It's it like, is. oh my God, is the biggest gift that, you know,
1: Wow. It really is the transformation really is. absolutely the transformation.
0: tell my mamacitas where they can you know contact you and where they can
1: find you uh well like like you a latina I'm local here in in Miami but you can find me um, I have actually stepped into uh, learning all about this technology and the social media so you can find me on Instagram at um, tough love healer on Instagram or Take a look at my website, Hilsafort.com, just to maybe get to know me a little bit and know what I'm about. Um, I do a little bit of writing on there and and speaking as well. So I would love to be able to help in Absolutely. any way that I can. And uh, Mamacita,
0: I'm going to be posting all of Hilsa's information on the website, mamasconganas.com forward slash one twenty-five. And you can find all of her information there if you want to contact her and seek her guidance and help. And thank you so much, Hilsa, for doing this and coming on our podcast. We're going to do this in Spanish um, so that my mamacitas who speak Spanish can also, because Hilsa actually does the therapies in Spanish and in English, which I think being in
1: South Florida is just, it's perfect. Necesario. Necesario. <laughs> Necesario. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate very much. Thank you for doing this, for keeping, you know, women at the forefront and and helping them, you know, find paths. That's important. Claro que sí. Bueno, mamacita, hasta la próxima. Thank you, Hilsa. Hasta luego.
0: Thank you.